Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of the Good Fight Radio Show. On today's show, we are going to be discussing an agenda afoot, one that I'm sure if you're on this channel, you have become quite aware of. But it does seem that over and over again, even when it looks like there's been an outpouring of, I guess, disgust from people, uh, it seems that the agendas keep getting pushed regardless. And I know. For those who are in my age bracket, the new movie Lightyear that has come out today, actually, it's being premiered. That movie is one that a lot of people around my age in 1995 were watching a movie known as Toy Story as little kids. And now so many people that are my age or around there are now taking their children to go see the movie Lightyear. Now, a lot of pushback has taken place because of a homosexual scene that they have put into the cartoon. So we're going to be discussing that today and not simply just Lightyear, Toy Story or Disney, but honestly discussing a biblical sexual ethic, one that comes directly from the scriptures and not simply what the culture has decided concerning their sexual ethics. So with me to discuss all of these very important things when they come straight from scripture and not what the culture has decided for us is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Yeah, Chad, this is uh, one of the most heartbreaking subjects because so many kids are so confused growing up uh, when they're taught that they're basically, you know, they came from nothing and then palm scum, you know, pond scum and then animated it to basically animals and that there are no real ethics that are God given, uh, you know, confusion will rule the day. And then when you go through the schools, which are now many of them uh, trying to pump in, you know, this whole thing about transsexualism and you basically can choose whatever, you know, sex you want to be out of perhaps over a hundred. Uh, it, it brings mass confusion. But then when you have uh, the top children's uh, entertainment promoting uh, homosexuality and what the Bible states God's word, the creator of all things, reveals to us is, you know, aberrant. Uh, and these children all of a sudden, you know, they're taught sometimes not only through that, but it's promoted and their parents, oh, see, wow, my little boy, wow, he's wearing my high heels. I bet he's a woman. And all of a sudden they were giving him pre, you know, pubescent uh, blockers, you know, puberty blockers, a hormone therapy, uh, radical surgery that permanently changes these little kids. And before they know it, they're in this world, uh, and oftentimes they become suicidal and commit suicide. Uh, it, it's absolutely, it just rips my heart out to see what's going on in mass right now. And Jesus warned that in the last days, he said it would be like it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. He said it'd be, it would be like the days of Lot. And at that time, we read in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, that, that uh, not just older males, but younger ones joined them because they were recruiting them. Uh, in home, homosexuality, you can't reproduce. So you recruit, you groom. 
to swell your ranks and to have fresh meat, as many of them look at it. Not all of them, but many of them. We can prove that. Uh, that's many of them are preying on our children. And uh, man, those of us who know that we're creating the image of God, those of us who know our lives are but vapors, but we're here on a probation to choose God or not, uh, those of us who have families, those of us who care for the young people, whether you have a family or not, and we need to take a stand and say, hey, this is what God's word says. Uh, we're going to fight for the children and protect them uh, from lies with God's truth. Yeah, I think that's really important. And one of the things that so many people have to understand, there's a reason why we have to give pushback against this. And that's because if you don't notice the millions and millions of dollars being thrown at this agenda over and over again, if you don't notice that it's put before your very eyes over and over again, and then you think, oh, it's just good to sit back and not say anything and we'll just do this or that. Guys, we have to stand up. And I'm, I'm telling you as someone who has four little children, I have two boys and two girls. And I'm telling you right now, if the, you allow the children and they're nine, seven, four and two, and you allow these children to be grow, to grow up with simply TikTok and Twitter and Snapchat and then the movies of today and the heroes of today are turned into, if not homosexual themselves, but purveyors of it, and even those who push it and thrust it upon us, I really think that you're the one who's going to lose out, especially if you think that you can send your children off to school for eight to 10 hours a day, then they're on their phone the rest of the time when they're at home, and you're at work all day, and you hope that a Sunday school message will change their entire worldview in life, even though all their friends are non-believers and all their favorite movies and artists push this stuff. Guys, you, I'm sorry, but you're going to fall victim to that. It's the old saying, I'm not going to send my kids to Rome and not expect them to come back as Romans. And so these are, I guess you would say, what would happen with Daniel, you know, when you look back. And look at the book of Daniel, and you see that they were put into camps, basically, under the Babylonians, mm -hmm. and they were going to learn their philosophies, they were going to learn their systems, they were going to eat the things that they That's ate. Right. And Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, no, thank you. We are not going to partake in that. And I believe that we, as, as if you're a parent right now, guess what? You need to be ready to arm them to come to a place where they are the Daniels and the Shadrach and the Meshach and the Abednego's, because guess what? That's what's going to be thrusted upon them over and over again. We are just using this as an example to say this is being furthered. This is just more and more of this is going to be poured out into your children. And you think about the actor who's playing Lightyear, Chris Evans. He was the same guy who played Captain America. Oh, and what was he doing in Endgame? He was encouraging in the very opening scene of Marvel's Endgame, encouraging, which, by the way, one of the directors of that film, Joe Russo, puts himself into like an AA type of meeting and basically is saying, I just went out on a gay date. And what does Captain America say? Yeah, go get more of that. And it's like this. These are supposed to be the heroes. Right. And we have to pay attention to these things. And if we just say, oh, we're you know, we don't really get into the culture and we don't warn people against it. Guys, I'm going to just warn you, you're going to fall victim and so are your children. Recognize that when the Super Bowl just took place, the, the last one, for a 30-second ad, it cost $6.5 million. So if they were not having an effect, and then that 30 seconds that they get, and they weren't affecting people to buy their product, and guess what? They'd be out of business. They'd be bankrupt. So when children, when parents, by the way, as well, who have this framework 
that takes place in their life as well and the people around them and the people they work with. With all of that going on, and you think that there's no effect there, I, I'm sorry, that is willful ignorance uh, on, on the behalf of somebody who just says, oh yeah, it's no big deal. Just keep thrusting this upon our children, keep thrusting upon even ourselves, thinking this is just entertainment and not recognizing the wickedness for it for what it is. And I think that the the big thing, Joe, when it comes to all of this and really getting into this subject is that it's coming against what the scriptures are very clear on when it comes to a biblical sexual ethic and what the Bible describes to us on how we were created, male and female, as Mm -hmm. Jesus described in Matthew chapter 19, very, very clearly, we have been made male and female, that it is his design, God's design, that we would be cleaved together a man and a woman for life, not polygamy, by the way. No, there's no, uh, there's no blessing for polygamous relationships. And we remember in Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus was debating the Sadducees, and you think about very clearly when he's debating with them and they think we got him, there's no afterlife because who would you be married to if a widow married a brother and then married a brother and married a brother, which one would she be married to? And Jesus would say, well, there's polygamy in heaven because it's okay. He said, no. You're like the angels in heaven. You're ignorant of the scriptures. You don't understand because that's not God's design. So we see over and over again, Jesus pointed back to God's original design in Genesis. He affirmed over and over again the Old Testament and and its ethic in terms of sexuality. And now we're here today to really go back and look at the word of God and say, what is the biblical sexual ethic for us today? Yeah, a few of the phases we want to look at in this particular program is, First of all, the Bible says if the foundations are gone, how shall the righteous stand? So what are the what are what is God's word state? What is the biblical foundation uh in regard to how we're to live our lives, you know? And then we want to look at uh the, the spiritual warfare that we're in and what Satan is doing through the spiritual world and men that he's used to basically destroy the foundations. We want to basically bring it back to, you know, where's what's going on right now? How far has that agenda gotten? And and what's happening in, in uh, children's entertainment and just, you know, entertainment in general. But Chad, you're perfectly right, because uh, when you look at, Gen- or, you know, Matthew chapter 19, I go through that passage. I've been through that passage over 100 times. Uh, a lot of times I've used it. I may use it all the time in, in premarital counseling, you know, so <laughs> I've probably been in, in, in it a couple hundred times, you know, uh, counting all the other times I've looked at it. Uh, but it's in that place where Jesus declares that in the beginning, God made them male and female, you know. That the two, one male, one female, would become one flesh. And it's important that we understand that because he's talking about marriage and the importance of marriage. And he said, be fruitful and, and, and multiply and, and uh, fill the earth and have dominion over the earth for uh, the first humans, Adam and Eve. Uh, and by the way, Adam is a picture of Christ. He's the first Adam. Jesus is called the second Adam. He reversed the curse that came through the first Adam, his rebellion against God. Uh, Eve is a picture of the bride of Christ. Uh, and just as Adam and Eve were, had dominion on the, over the earth when Christ returns for his bride, the church will reign with Christ for a thousand years. And husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Paul calls this a mega musterion, a great mystery. And wives to submit to the leadership of their husbands, unless, of course, they contradict God's word uh, as the churches submit to Christ. And it's a beautiful picture. No wonder Satan hates marriage because the picture of the divine romance and, and, the, and the, the design of the cosmos and God's eternal plan to have a people. So Satan hates marriage. We've got to get our brains around the bigger picture here. And so God knew when the fall would come, Chad, there would be this uh, marriage would be largely destroyed. 
uh, there would be an introduction of polygamy. Uh, God warned that if they, they hurt wives themselves, they'd lead their, their hearts away from God in the scripture, in the, in the Mosaic law. Of course, we see that happen to Solomon. Uh, the scriptures warn against incest. The scriptures warn against homosexuality and all forms of deviancy. It condemns rape and, and these various things we see. Uh, and God's word just reports on these things. Some people say, wow, the Bible's full of carnage and violence. And, you know, yeah, but God's condemning it. He's showing, he's, he's showing the warts of what the world is like and he condemns it. And he uh, sets it up in the very beginning, the first few chapters of Genesis. Uh, and Jesus putting his stamp of declaration, thus saith the Lord, the two would become one flesh, Adam and Eve. However, he warns uh, in Leviticus, early on, Leviticus 20, verse 13, if there is a man who lies with a male, uh, as those who lie with a woman, uh, both of them have committed a detestable act or an abominable act. So if a man lies with another man, gets, goes to bed with another man sexually, as he would with a woman, God says that's an abomination. Others, that's expressed more than once throughout the Old Testament, uh, several times through the Old and New Testament together, that, that homosexuality is uncategorically, uh, you know, or categorically, I should say, uh, uh, sinful before, before God, because two men aren't meant to be together. They don't bring forth children. Uh, they bring forth, often when men get together, the product of that is you know, sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, of course, that would happen in heterosexual relationships when you break God's commands and you commit adultery mm. and fornicate and so yeah. forth. But if a husband and a wife are pure and they're together and they have a monogamous relationship and are only with each other, they won't contract a sexually transmitted disease from each other and will be blessed. But God says with regard to homosexuality that and also other sexual sin, you, you sin against your own body. First uh, Corinthians uh Six mentions that when he condemns homosexuality and, and effeminacy and so forth, along with fornication and adultery. And Paul, when he's speaking of homosexuality, he talks about how uh, those who practice it receive in themselves the due penalty of their perversion mm. and even death, he says there. And so if we really truly care about young kids and how they're growing up and we really care about their mortality, their life, because it cuts your life short on average too, both male on male and, 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 and lesbian uh, homosexuality as well. So I think it's imperative that we understand this, what the scriptures say here. Uh, the Bible warns against, uh, in Romans chapter 1, about unnatural affection, about leaving that which was natural, the man leaving the natural use of the woman uh, for another man and so forth. And when the Bible talks about natural, Chad, it's not talking about how you feel. I feel <laughs> orientated this way, or today I feel that way. It talks about how you've been created in the image of God. A male and a female being together is natural. It brings forth uh, life and uh, it's interesting, though, because we know uh, that, you know, biologically, I mean, you know, our country's in trouble when a Supreme Court justice, you know, when she's, you know, they're listening to her and she can't even define what a woman is. You know? And she's a woman. Yeah. And she's just, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. Of course, you can say you can be, have all these different genders and you can affirm that, or many of them will, uh, when you have no evidence that there's gender based on feeling. But uh, we're, you know, either XX, chromosomal. Uh, and you know, uh, or, or you're XY, you're a male, and uh, unless there's a mix up within your genetic code, and 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 therefore that's going to be between God and that person. But when someone's clearly a male and clearly a female, uh, you know, there's there's a, a, a interesting, you know, I mean, it's just actually heartbreaking what's going on. Let me show you what happened after the fall. Because somebody, well, I feel this way and I feel that way, you know. Well, guess what? You can feel a lot of different ways. Your feelings don't change the facts as to what you are regarding male or female. 
And you can have all kinds of persuasion. And people can go through all kinds of feelings. That's why they made up, you know, sometimes some people have a list of over 100 different genders. And let's call it what it is. It's really transsexualism. And uh, to leave the natural order, according to God's word, is a result of man's fallen state. So when people say, well, how come some people feel this way and some people feel that way? The Bible warns that we're fallen. And people can get all mixed up and they they commit all kinds of atrocities. They do all kinds of strange things and they commit all kinds of crimes and and they act all sorts of ways. Do we want to say a man that wants to have sex with little boys, that that's just a gender and that should be accepted as long as children agree to have sex with this man? Ooh, man, no, absolutely not. So uh, obviously, as Christians, we do not believe as Christians that we, we don't preach dominionism. We don't preach, hey, we're going to dictate how you live and we're going to run the world. No, man. We, you know, if you choose to be a homosexual, contrary to God's word, our hearts will break for you. We love you. We, we, Jesus, we believe died for the entire world, but you have to repent and re, uh, of rebellion against God and get right with him to be saved. So because we love you and we love people that are caught up in that, we'll share the truth with them. You know, the Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. All of us have been mixed up, you know, and we can't need to come to the point where it's like, okay, what does God's word say? You look at nature, but listen to what it looks like after the fall, before God destroys the earth in the flood. In Genesis 6, 5, it says, the Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race uh, had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. So you had all kinds of sexual perversion going on there. In that same chapter, it talks about the sons of God were having sexual relations with the daughters of men uh, and all this perversion. It says in Genesis 6, 12, God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. Now, this is incredible because we're talking about, and not long after this, and it eight or say, man, maybe about 12 chapters later or so, 12, 13 chapters later, chapter 19, you have God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah because they were given over to wanting to have sex men with men. It was just rampant in Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you go to Sodom, where Sodom and Gomorrah was now, uh, and you go to Israel, uh, you'll see, which is really interesting, you'll see brimstone all over the place. I mean, I've seen it. I've touched it. I've held it. It's like, and they don't know how it got there. Well, I know how it got there. There's no volcanic action there. It's like, how did this get there? Read the book of Genesis. We read it quite clearly. Listen to what it says in Romans 1, 26 and 27. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations. This is God's word. Their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with their passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. Now, no matter matter of, uh, uh, you know, unscriptural, you know, gym, gymnastical contortions with the word of God it can get you out of these passages. They're clear as day. Okay. And the early church understood exactly what they meant. And the early church in the East, they spoke Koine Greek. You know, they understood the early church fathers, based on these passages, says God is against homosexual relationships. Uh, by the way, this was written to the Romans. And you know who the Roman emperor was? Uh, you know, when Paul was warning against homosexuality, for instance, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. And he puts on the list with slave traders, those who kidnap other people to, 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 to make slaves out of them. He condemns them and puts them on the same list as he puts homosexuals. That's, that's, it's, it's like, wow. And he says, this is contrary to sound doctrine, these practices. But you know who the uh, Roman emperor was at the time when Paul wrote 1 Timothy? was a man by the name of Caesar Nero. And Caesar Nero was practicing the very things that were condemned in the book of Romans. That's how bold Paul was 
uh, in the in the early you know the church. And uh, Nero he married a man named Pythagoras, and Pythagoras was the man, and he became the female in that wet, in that marriage. Later, after that man, because he had been married to different women, and he he kicked one woman to death with, that was pregnant with his baby, and he found a boy, a young guy, I should say, who looked like he, his wife that he kicked to death. He, many historians feel he regretted kicking her to death, the baby in her, and he married the boy, okay, Spiros, and he, he castrated Spiros and, and uh, you know, literally ca- had him castrated. Then he had him dressed like a woman. He married him publicly, had him dressed like the empress, you know, and he was called the lady, the empress, the, the mistress, uh, Nero's mistress. It was incredibly perverse. I mean, he actually went insane and, you know, blamed the fires that many believe he started the fires in Rome yeah. and blamed it on the Christians. So it's interesting uh, when you see what's going on here, what Paul's writing. And the reason I, th- I emphasize his relationship with this young guy and that he enters into a relationship with Pythagoras, not the ancient Pythagoras, you know, that you always hear about. But and he became the female. When he takes Spiros, he becomes the male. And Spiros is, has him grow long hair and become the woman, even though he's a, he's a, he's a male, you know, X, uh, Y chromosome. Well, listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? This is serious. This is why this matters enough to be unpopular with the world and state the truth and knowing that it'll get us nowhere than get, you know, some people uh, misrepresent who we are. We're not the, uh, we and millions of other Christians that love people, that pray for people, that share the gospel with people uh, are not the, you know, the Westboro Baptists who hate homosexuals. You know, we, we love, we care for anybody that's fallen in sin. Guess what? Chad and I are former rebels against God and we did our own thing. We both were involved in, sexual sin of different types before we yeah. became Christians and involved in whether myself drugs and alcoholism and all that stuff, you know, brawling kinds of wicked stuff. And Chad was involved in a lot of those things too. We were penitent to come to Christ. We recognize, Hey, we, we could have been in any kind of sexual path, but by the grace of God. And we call people say, Hey, Jesus loves you, man. He died for you. He paid for your sins. And yeah, we hate the sin, but we love the sinner, man. Paul was the chief of sinners, and Paul said it's a, a, a faithful and, and trustworthy saying that Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners, of which he was chief. He said God saved him to show others, anybody who would ever come to Christ, that they too could be saved because Jesus died. He goes on to say he gave himself a ransom for all a few verses later, and, and he doesn't will that any, he was that all would be saved and come to knowledge of the truth in chapter 2. So it's important that we get this, and it's interesting, Chad, when he says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Now he's saying that, Chad, we know because he knows a lot of people will be deceived on this subject. He knows there'll be many deceivers that'll say, well, that's really not what Paul meant. It's okay to have for people to have sex with other, you know, male and male, female and female. He says, don't be deceived, neither fornicators, pornois, porneo, uh, uh, just sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, those who are married that have sex with somebody outside their marriage, nor effeminate. Now that's the key word. Because he says effeminate nor homosexuals. He says two words there, effeminate nor homosexuals. Two different types of men that are involved in what would be called homosexual activity. And it's interesting, the Greek word there, because there's a word we could trace and find out. What did Paul mean by that word effeminate in the Greek? Malakoi. And if you translate it, it's M-A-L-A-K-O-I. Malakoi. Now, malakoi, or nor homosexuals, arsenokoita. Now, Arsenokoita is, and then he says, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, 
uh, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So if you're a swindler or you're a drunkard and you're saying, yeah, homosexuality is wrong, but you're getting drunk, you're on the same list, okay? He has all kinds of sinners on the list. It just so happens that this is getting promoted to our children, okay? Leviticus 18.22 says, you shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female is an abomination. Why do I read that verse, 18.22? Because guess what? The word arsenos, which is what Paul uses in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and koitin in the Greek Septuagint, the Old Testament was written in Greek. The word that Paul uses when he says homosexuals, and it's the reason it's translated in almost every translation, homosexuals, okay, is because he takes the word, these two words from the Old Testament, Leviticus 18.22, and from the Greek Septuagint, which so many of the uh, people were using those days, they would read that and say, a man betting another man like he would a woman is an abomination to God. We took the two words, okay, arsenos, and then koiten, man and bet and put them together and made one word and coined the word homosexual, okay? And anybody reading that that was familiar with the Greek Septuagint would know that he's con condemning men lying with other men the way they lie with women. But it's interesting. Paul says in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 29, whoever does any of these abominations, those persons who do so shall be cut off from among their people. Thus you are to keep my charge, the Lord says, that you do not practice any of the abominable customs which have uh, been practiced before you so as not to defile yourself with them. I am the Lord your God. So as God who creates male and female, two becoming one, makes it really clear that you don't go outside of what he created. And I point out sometimes, man, God's creative order is beautiful. A, a male and a female committed to one another in a love relationship where the man is laying his life down for his wife as Christ did the church and the woman is following the leadership of her husband and that together they make a team in Christ. It's beautiful, man. But guess what? Just like a fire in a fireplace with bright boundaries is beautiful. Bring that fire out the boundaries of the fireplace, it destroys your home, burns the walls, the, the kids, everything, you know? And we need to make sure our relationships are in God's boundaries. Otherwise, they're destructive. And Chad, this is why this is so important because God refers to, uh, and, and I think this is very important that we understand this, is that God condemns transsexualism not just homosexuality, mm -hmm. in both the Old and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, says, a man shall not put on that which pertains to a woman. Yeah, Deuteronomy 22.5. 22, yeah. Or yeah. a woman should put on that which pertains to a man. Women aren't supposed to walk around like RuPaul in, in dresses and women's no, men makeup. Aren't, yeah. and, or men aren't, I'm sorry, <laughs> women are too. Uh, and, 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 you know, women aren't supposed to try to be men. You know, women ought not be trying to get pregnant. Or say, man, let's hope we, we can vent something where I can at least pretend I'm pregnant and breastfeeding and everything. Wouldn't that be awesome? No, that's an abomination to God. Condemned in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. In the New Testament, he condemns that through the word malakoi, okay? M-A-L-A-K-O-I, that's Greek word. We can say, what does Paul mean by that? I think this is important because the word literally means, and it's translated at times, soft men, okay? And, well, how do we know what he means by soft men there? Well, Philo, okay, which was the first century, the same time Paul wrote this, Philo was a leading Jewish uh, philosopher in Alexandria, very popular, okay, uh, Greek philosopher, I should say, in Alexandria. And Philo celebrated, uh, you know, he was a celebrated philosopher and wrote in Koine Greek, used these same words. And it's interesting, listen to what he says. Philo used Malakoi this way, quote, he speaks of those who, quote, became like women in their persons. That's what he's talking about this word that, that refers to those who became like women in their persons and who, quote, altered the impression of their natural manly appearance into the resemblance of a woman. 
Come on, guys. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's what's happening today. The church father, Clement of Alexandria, uh, who wrote in the second century, uh, he used this word and he stated that they had become, quote, became effeminate and that they were women, wearing women hairstyles and perfume and shaving their bodies to become smooth like that of women. You know, I'm not saying, hey, if you shave your legs and you're a biker or something, you know, that, oh, you're, you know, you're becoming like a woman. But if you're shaving yourself smooth and growing your hair to look like a woman and putting makeup and putting on dresses and, and women's jewelry and, you know, that's condemned in scripture. And you can say, but I've got these weird impressions. You know, Joe, I, I know I'm a male. You know, I'm created as a male. It's obvious. But I got these weird. Guess what, man? We live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's all kinds of demonic agencies wrestling out against flesh and blood. And the Bible tells us that Satan fires these fiery darts into our hearts, into our minds. And what do fire darts do, man? They spread. And you can get all kinds of feelings uh, that you can. A lot of people have feelings that they're a certain kind of animal. You know, many people, you know, feel like, and that's when you're given over. You got to make sure you don't give yourselves over to them because it says God gave them over to a depraved mind to do that, which is unseemly. So God can give you over. If you don't want to submit to him, you're not going to say, Lord, I repent. I cast down those thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. I bring every thought captive. I, I, I lock into who you made me. I see naturally I'm a male or naturally I'm a female. But of course you can have all kinds of uh, uh, influences uh, whether it's through popular media, right, Chad? Or whether it's through demonic agencies that are whispering in your heart, giving you impressions in your heart and your mind, because there's a spiritual war. And it's, it's, it's critical that we understand the war that we're in and we understand what the Bible says about the foundations and who we are. Yeah, no, it, it is really important, guys. And I know that we're talking long on this subject, but it is important to understand the reality of what's going on. And it's so interesting because... This moment that we're in, in in this time, this is honestly a huge, huge part of whether or not you can attend a fellowship. It's where they stand on subjects like this, where they stand on biblical authority. And does the Bible say and actually mean exactly what it says in the text? And that's why we're going over what the Bible says regarding all of this. Because whether or not Lightyear is coming out and trying to normalize two children homosexual relationships with a smile from Buzz Lightyear, that over and over again does nothing to alleviate any of the issues of homosexuality or, by the way, plenty of shows throughout the years like Friends or these weird vampire shows or whatever it may be that you like that have pushed fornication as normative, that have pushed divorce as a normative thing to take place and be a part of and people rooting on their favorite characters to sleep with their other favorite characters has done just a good a job of normalizing a, a sexual ethic that is not biblical. And it's hindering people from coming to Christ because as he quoted from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're, we're talking uh, about arsenicoite. We're talking about not being effeminate and dressing in different clothing of the other sex and so forth. But guys, the great thing is the reason why we do this is... Because Joe and I, not that we were homosexual, but that we were fornicators. We practiced porneo and sexual immorality, but we became the such were some of you who were washed and sanctified in Jesus Christ's blood as when you get to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, we're warning about the liars and the thieves and the adulterers and the fornicators and all of those other acts as well. We want you, if you're somebody who is mired in the sins of this world, whatever it is that is keeping you while you hold on to that sin 
from the gospel of Jesus Christ that's keeping you from entering the kingdom of God when you pass on from this life. Guys, we want you to become the such where some are you. That's the goal of any show that we ever do. That's why the gospel is always presented in our shows so that that's what can take place. And and Joe, I think it's really interesting that not that we want to use rebellious in in a good way, because too many people think it's really good to just be rebellious against the government and therefore you're following Jesus. And that's not always the case. But I think of it that a real rebel in this day and age is somebody who decides I'm going to get married. I'm going to stay with that woman or man, you know, making sure a man is with a woman or a woman is a man. I'm going to stay with them until death do us part. And we're going to raise children in the Lord. And to that's, be that's true, truly counterculture today. That's counterculture. That's, that's the hard path. The easy path is just do what thou will. Oh, it's so easy. That's How easy is it? Downstream, man. We're floating up. We're not floating. We're swimming upstream. We're swimming in upstream in Jesus. Because kingdom, man. how easy is it? Because you look at any of these actors, if any of them took a stand against homosexuality, if anyone said, hey, maybe it's not right that they're putting that boy in a dress, right? Yeah. If anyone took a stand like that, if anybody actually, I'm sorry, manned up as a man and said, maybe we shouldn't put our our, our daughters in, in boy clothes, maybe we shouldn't put our, our little boys in women's dresses and so forth. If you did that, you would be ostracized, thrown out, and you wouldn't get acting jobs anymore. That's the truth. And so, as Joe mentioned, being the counterculture, it really is going against the grain here. It is going against what what Satan wants. And that's what we need to bring it back to, because I think so often people will kind of have platitudes and they'll have these ideas and they'll have, hey, well, if we just we bring up our ideas and we weigh them against the balance and we'll see who has the the most logical answer, that's always going to be in correspondence with the truth of God's word. But one of the one of the things that that really bothers me is that people don't see the satanic agenda afoot yeah. when it comes to all of these sexual ethics coming against the word of God. And uh, I'll say this before I pass this back, Joe, because I remember we we did a show. This is back when we didn't even have video when we were doing the Good Fight Radio show, and it might have been on Five Eleven News. And playing an audio of a young girl who was coming out of the trans movement who had been on hormone blockers. Mm-hmm. And her parents, not knowing what to do, I, I mean, honestly, doesn't do not did not know the Lord, and were allowing their daughter just to sit on Tumblr for hours and hours. I know that's not the biggest thing on social media, but it was very important to the homosexual community because they were grooming her, and specifically the LGBTQ community, specifically the transgender movement, because these older transgenders were grabbing this young girl and telling her what's really going to make you feel fulfilled in life is becoming a boy. Then once you have that esoteric knowledge is what I think it really comes down to. Once you finally feel that, then you'll feel whole and then put on blockers, all this stuff. And she said that she was to a place that even though her parents had put her on hormone blockers, had given her things to give her testosterone. Stopping all her natural, what God created her to be. It's obvious what's going on here. Everything, after doing all that, calling her by her new boy name that she decided that she would still get into such a frenzy if her parent accidentally called her by the birth name that they were she was given at birth that she would want to kill them. Yeah. So that's that's where their heart would become. And this is what Satan has done with our society and culture, that if you come out against the trans movement, if you come out against homosexuality and don't think it should be normative and just kissed up on screen, and you come out against it, that the culture wants to kill you. And that is exactly their agenda. And that's what they've done. But really, it comes back to this, Joe. It is the prince of the power of the air working through the sons of disobedience. 
And I don't know about you, but to me, when I see how the, the, just the things, when it comes to this movement, I see the ultimate enemy enemy that is behind it. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. In fact, uh, we've, uh, I was, I was quoted and actually interviewed did a, a, I think it was like three or four party interview series that was done by, uh, uh, you know, former homosexuals that had become Christians. And that gets quoted quite often in different places because I basically, you know, years ago, I probably did this 20 years ago, I basically went into depth as to the satanic agenda from in the, the standpoint of looking at what the Satan has been planning for years, long before this century. And, you know, started, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, obviously, but uh, we've exposed that. And I'll give you a, a, some of those quotes in a moment. But Chad, that's happening right now in our in our state, right now here in California. If you go to libertycenter.org, uh, you'll see that there's a case right now in the courts where California school district is, you know, in court right now because they've got teachers that are taking the students and telling the tell the students, imagine you have a little girl and all and because it's going on. And uh she's in school, but she's being told, hey, you're invited to this, you know, basically a, a you know a class or a uh, extracurriculum thing on transsexualism, but they're not going to have it after school. We have it at lunchtime. That way, the kids that aren't old enough to drive yet, they can come. And their parents will be none the wiser. We don't want you. To, don't let your parents know about this because you know they may stop this. But let's discover who you really are, kind of thing. That's what they're being accused of doing, and uh, that they're basically there's one gal. The, the mother's suing. She goes, "Man, my daughter had no idea what was going on." And all of a sudden, her daughter is being taught that she's really probably. First, they said, you know, you're pansexual or something like that. Then it's, well, now really what you are is you are, uh, you know, you're trans, you're, you're transgender or transsexual. And then they told her to get a new name, pick a new, pick a boy's name now and so forth. Can you imagine finding that that's going on in your public school and your child has been victimized like that. And then they've gone down that road and now you feel like you've lost your child. It would rip your heart out. And that's going on right now. But it's not just the schools. It's because the, inter- the world of entertainment and, and social media is making this vogue. But it's been going on. Uh, I mean, this was happening. I mean, think of what's think about this, guys. Just when I was a young guy, I know we're talking about a few years back, but it was you know homosexuality, transvestitism, you know transsexualism. That was all like buried deep in the closet. People that weren't even Christians knew knew naturally there was a sense of there was something repugnant about choosing that type of love lifestyle. That's how everybody had looked at it for the most part, right? So it's really incredible that then all of a sudden it became, you know, the 70s and, you know, homosexuality was coming out of the closet in the 80s. And all of a sudden it was being tolerated and accepted. And then there was a huge breakout of AIDS. And everybody's like, well, yeah, well, that makes sense because it's not natural. But guess what? Media, you know, propaganda. Oh, no, this is acceptable and so forth. To the point where now it's paraded. And now if you have a view that it's wrong and now it's celebrated, I mean, you know, you don't see heterosexuality being celebrated on the streets, how beautiful it is and everything else, but it's celebrated. And guess what? If you disagree with it, say that seems abnormal Two men together. It doesn't bring forth life and it's not how we were created. But guess what? Now you're pushing the closet. Well, years before it was even in the so-called closet years ago, uh, Satanist, Alester Crowley, Satanist organizer, uh, he viewed marriage as being repugnant, disgusting. And, he hated the family and he had an agenda because homosexuals can't reproduce was to recruit and listen to what he taught. And he was a Satanist organizer, the most highly regarded Satanist of the, the last and this century as far as his influence. And it's quite interesting because uh, 
he literally taught, and I'm quoting him now. He says, let me seduce the boys of England. I shall fight openly for that which no living Englishman dare defend, even in secret sodomy. So he says, no one will even defend this even in secret. But I'm, So look what he was doing as a Satanist. who said he wanted to get hold of Satan personally, become his chief of staff. I'll fight for it. Uh, sodomy, he says. And in truth, there seems to be no better way to avoid a contamination with women. So Crowley looked at it, man, if you're with women in a heterosexual relationship, you'll be contaminated by them. He was definitely a misogynist. Even Jimmy Page, who followed Lester Crowley, said he didn't think very highly, as Page said, of women. This isn't about looking at people equally and so forth, folks. Crowley sought to recruit on school campuses uh, people into his viewpoint. He said that he wanted his teachings, quote, to be circulated among the young. He says, if there is hope anywhere, let me seduce the boys of England and the oldsters, bolsters that have traditional moral values may totter unconverted to their graves. Then let these boys becoming men, those boys that he's created now in his image, they may bring about the new heaven and the new earth, but without an army, I am useless, said Aleister Crowley. Give me an army, young men, and we shall sweep these dogs into the sea. He says, and that's in his book, World Tragedy. Uh, and in his uh, autobiography, he says, I turn therefore to America to a nebulous mass which I expect to develop in an organized galaxy. So it's kind of interesting because Crowley's O-T-O, Ordo Templi Orientis, his uh, sex cult. Uh, well, the organ player for a sex cult in, well, he was a guy by the name of Harry Hay. And he was called the oldest hippie. Why? Because he was an old man hanging out with young people in the 60s, teenagers and so forth. And guess what? He was called the oldest hippie because he was trying to recruit them into Crowley's Satanism and into a worldview because he was he's a modern day founder, very hey, you can look it up, of the gay revolution, okay, of the modern gay movement. And Harry Hay, we show him, we have a picture of him uh marching with uh in a gay parade with a big placard of Nambla across him as he's walking. Nambla walks with me. Nambla walks with me, and Nambla stands for North American Man Boy Love Association. Can't make this stuff up, folks. This is going on in Satanism for a long time. But of course, you know, as Chad said, that Satan is the spirit that's working through the children of disobedience. And uh, it's quite crazy when you think about it because we have a clip, I think I'll let you introduce it, Chad, from a video that I did with my uh, brother, uh, Chris Pinto, called the Kinsey Syndrome, which was called by Ted Bear, uh, leading, probably the leading uh, Christian movie, movie critic, said that it was the most important movie or documentary of the 21st century. And we literally go in to the doors of an advanced sex institute. It's kind of the only accredited uh, sex institute where you had a graduate class. And it's kind of like the Yale or Harvard of uh, sex institutions. And we went in there and we went up to Frisco and we walked right in the doors with our cameras. Of course, we got booted out. You know, you'll see this, but because we were challenging them on the idea, because if you look at their statement, thankfully they closed down not too long after that, 2018. But we challenged them on their statement uh, basically that you could have, uh, that there was no age of consent, that that if you have an age where you say, uh, you know, you shouldn't have sex with kids at whatever age, that that's discrimination. Disgusting. No, it's interesting because even Snapchat, I think it was either last year or the year before during Pride Month, you know, they had love doesn't have a sex, love doesn't have, you know, uh, this or that. And one of the things that they put on a filter that you could say is love doesn't have an age. Yeah. 
And it's interesting because, you know, we talk about so many people think they're so manly working on their cars out front, listening to Led Zeppelin, right? And then you think about Jimmy Page buying the house on Loch Ness that Lester Crowley owned, this pedophile. And guess what was on the walls? Was yeah. literally artwork of pedophilia. Yeah. And you think it's so Crowley manly. Boys and gr- little boys. Little boys. Having sex relationships. And it's like, you think it's so manly to, to throw on the Led Zeppelin and the classic rock and go work on your cars. But really, you're, you're helping and you're helping fund these pedophiles and these guys that are totally okay with having that sort of artwork, buy houses with that on there. It really disgusts yeah. me. Well, Joe. hey, man, back in the day, I mean, because Satan was using all these guys and they were heavily into Crowley and so forth. But I would trip out. I mean, my well, I was a, I was a Zeppelin you know, freak, man. The whole, all my wallpaper was Zeppelin posters. But I was like, man. He acts kind of gay, you know, uh, Robert Plant, the way he prances and the way he acts kind of a tight pants and all yeah. that. Yeah. And then guess what, man? Physical graffiti came out and you look at physical graffiti, the front, they're all dressed like women and stuff. And just, and it's like, what's going on there? But at the time I was naive and they were basically, which was a counterculture back then, trying to recruit people into this worldview, whether they knew it or not, uh-huh. being used by the spirits. 100%. How many, uh, and they've done it with actors. We, we've, we've shown that over and over again. Even guys like Dave Chappelle have talked about how, they always try to get a lot of the manly actors. And he was specifically talking about a lot of black actors like Wesley Snipes and, and so forth and how they try to get him in dresses. And they always try to get these men yeah. to dress like women. And you look like that was going on a ton. And then the effeminate 80s with all of those hair bands with dudes doing their hair yeah. like, like chicks and stuff. It's just wild. But but nonetheless, Joe, I, I want to get back to this clip. You said the Sorry. 80s really quick. Crowley yeah. talked about the yeah. 80s hour before yeah. and men will have long hair. And it's like. Yeah, they did. When the heavy metal era came <laughs> I didn't out, even know, really I, I didn't even yeah. know he said that. But yeah. but nonetheless, we I want to get to this clip, Joe, because you already mentioned it. And for those, uh, maybe you just hopped on live as well. And and you guys were going to the Institute there. And, and guys, if you haven't seen not only the Kinsey Syndrome, which is where we're getting this clip that you're about to see, but also Satan's Sex Scheme. We did an entire series on not only pornography, but it's a link to Satanism, Playboy. I mean, there are a ton of videos how porn became the new norm, the connection between porn and sex trafficking. Guys, you have to check that out. It's a series right here on our YouTube channel, and it's called Satan's Sex Scheme. You can check that out, or you can also go to goodfight.org, and we're going to be playing this clip right here, and this actually comes from the documentary, as Joe mentioned, that Ted Bear, the number one Christian movie critic on the planet, really, said that this documentary was one of the most important of the 21st century. And so, guys, you need to check. He called it the most important. Yeah, it is very important. And this is really, really important for you guys to check out. You guys got to see this clip. San Francisco, the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality, a private institution founded by Kinsey's homosexual lover and co-author Wardell B. Pomeroy. Despite its storefront appearance, the Institute is said to be the Harvard University for all human sexuality training. On their official website, the Institute states that there need to be socio-sexual activities available to those disadvantaged because of age. Some believe this is a veiled reference to children and that the Institute calls them disadvantaged because it's illegal for them to engage in sex. Can this really be the case? We decided to pay a visit to the Institute and question them about this and some other information on their website. Even if it's two minutes, the no, pain. No, I, I really can't. No, can you answer uh, one question for us, sir? 
needless to say, our initial attempts were met with resistance. There's, there's, can we get just one answer? On your website, which you make public, you say that you help those who are disadvantaged because of age sexually. Does that add up to endorsing pedophilia? I would strongly recommend that you turn the camera off and leave right now. This is this private, private property. property. Get out. Despite what appears to have been a denial, the Institute's website declares it is the sexual right of all people to engage in sexual acts or activities of any kind whatsoever, and that people have the right to sexual entertainment, including sexually explicit materials dealing with the full range of sexual behavior. If taken literally, these so-called rights would obviously include pedophilia and child pornography. Bingo. Bingo. Now, now, Joe, when I when I see that, when I when I hear that, and we could talk about how grotesque and how disgusting and Kinsey his lying research that is still used today. Yeah. If you take a sexuality course in college, they still just absolutely venerate Alfred Kinsey yeah. as if he was like this great person. But I, I think for those who may be new to the channel and might be new to the live stream or, or whatever, may not even know some of the connections when it comes to Kinsey and Satanist Alistair Crowley and why this is all a, that's why we understand this is a spiritual battle we're talking about here too. Yeah. And help, help, I'll try to summarize. Yeah. What sorry. I know there. we're no, no, 10 minutes it's important. I'm not, the, I'm not the best guy with summary because I'm, you know, uh, but I'll just say this is Alfred Kinsey is a top sexologist. And, uh, you know, he wrote sex, you know, sex in the male and the female. And when Playboy made its debut with Hugh Hefner, he uh, basically tried to back up what he was doing through pornography by citing Kinsey's material and Kinsey got promoted and he was taught in the, you know, the universities and everything as a top sexologist. And uh, he was the one that came up with 10% of people are gay, which even now they say it's, it's maybe if even uh, 2% if in our country with all the propaganda that's been going on for decades since then, because he was interviewing uh, prostitutes and people that were in prison and putting them into his equations and inflating numbers and so forth. And he was going after young people himself. In fact, he was having sexual relations, even the movie Alfred on Alfred Kinsey, uh, played by Liam Neeson, you see him kissing on one of his students in a hotel room and so forth. And you see him, uh, they they show him in the bathroom. They don't sh Thankfully, they don't, Liam Neeson doesn't act this part out, but he does, you just see his face and stuff, but he would brutalize himself sexually and bleed all over the place because he was such a pervert, yet he is the, you know, he's such a pervert. But by the way, he was working as Judith Reisman, who just passed a couple years ago. And I heard just recently that she, she's a Jewish lady that Chris and I went to Arizona to interview, and she was commissioned by uh, the Reagan administration uh, to examine the connection between uh, popular pornography of the day, which was Penthouse and Playboy and Hustler. And she showed all these things after she was commissioned with the connection between their cartoons, where they often show adults with what appeared to be young girls or young boys promoting this whole connection of pedophilia. And, uh, well, it's interesting. We show that Kinsey was seeking to procure sex diaries as he was working with pedophiles, criminals, where he said to keep these diaries and records as to when young kids uh, basically can orgasm and everything else in there. Because Judith, when she was reading his book, she's like, how, did, how does he know that kids can have sexual experiences at a few months old, which they can't, you know? But he was making up a lot of stuff and getting this from pedophiles. And it's interesting, Chad, that she said, you know, what's going on here? Then she found out in her research that he was working with pedophiles because they had to say, well, we actually weren't doing it to kids, but we were 
Kenzie was working with pedophiles. This is all brought out in our video. We show interviews with people that worked, you know, with Kenzie and so forth. It's absolutely heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. Uh, but what's interesting is he, one of the guys he was working with was Satanist Lester Crowley. And uh, sex, at wanting Crowley to keep a diary of his experiences. In fact, Pomeroy, who was his top associate for years, who actually represents pedophilia in courts by trying to get the age of the consent dropped, uh, Pomeroy acknowledges that, and we show a picture of Alfred Kinsey with Kenneth Anger, the co-founder of the Church of Satan, right? He's made Lucifer Rising the other videos together. They go to Crowley's Abbey of Thelema in Italy, and they basically take, they're the ones that took the whitewash, uh, you know, off of the walls and uncovered all these, this, this orgy scene with Crowley and all these kids and adults with kids and so forth. And uh, Pomeroy writes about that, that this is what they uncovered. And it shows these live action pictures of, of Crowley and all these. And that was his bedroom. That's what he would look at, man. He's a disgusting dude. If you follow Satanist Lester Crowley, you know, you got to fall before God and say, God, have mercy on me. I repent because you're in big trouble, man. And so it's just interesting, Chad. We've got those connections. And basically, this was the guy that's tutored as, you know, the, the, the penal code of law changed because of Kinsey's lies. Yeah. The entertainment world, whether it's Hugh Hefner and Hollywood, they were influenced heavily uh, by Kinsey. The world of academia, uh, you know, <laughs> what's taught in academics day was heavily influenced by a man that was a pedophile working with Satanists and promoting pedophilia. No, it's rancid. It, it's it's incredible, and and it's it does. I I do. It's hard to be surprised <laughs> regarding it, but I I want to bring this back a little bit just regarding how this all connects. Cause it's really interesting when we think about, they made a movie called Kinsey. You mentioned it already with Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson years later would be the guy in what? In Taken. I think that's probably his yeah. biggest movie maybe. What an irony, huh? And Taken is about his daughter is Taken and sex traffic. Mm -hmm. But what people don't connect there is the fact that he plays a guy who was a catalyst. And basically when it comes to Playboy, Hugh Hefner, it was very clear that he was popularizing the data through pictures, That's basically, right. of naked women, populari popularizing the data of Alfred Kinsey. And that has become the modern porn movement, which, by the way, pornography and sex it trafficking. Fuels sex trafficking. That's it. Yeah. Would, I, I, I tell you this. If I would have saw just take in or heard about it, I would have thought every sex traffic girl is a girl that gets kidnapped. They sell her off to some weirdo and they're trafficking. No, they're making pornography often. They're making pornography. And if you're buying that and you're looking at this stuff, you're promoting it and feeling it. You got to repent of that in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and let's say you have a Bible app on your phone and you use that same phone to read your Bible and then later look at pornography, I hope you feel conviction from that. I hope you recognize right now how wicked that is to actually do that, to use the same thing you're reading your Bible on to then go forth and then look at those images that very well could, especially if using some of the more popular websites, could be women who have been sex trafficked. Just sick. Yeah, it's important right now. And we love everybody out there, man. We love you. We love the good fight audience. We love brothers and sisters that love Jesus. We love those who don't love the Jesus, who don't love Jesus, but are tuning in saying, wow, this is making a lot of sense. I've never oh, put this together. It sure does, man. It's prophesied to get worse, just like it is. But if you're watching, you're saying, yeah, homosexuality is wrong. Pedophilia is wrong. These things are wrong. You know, it's disgusting, it's sad, but you're involved in pornography. Uh, you also are get this says of homosexuality, they're given over to depraved mind. You also are being given over to a depraved mind. It says you'll become the Bible talks about becoming calloused. 
becoming hard-hearted through being given over to sexual sin, not just homosexuality. And we and studies show that if you're watching pornography, it's actually destroying your frontal lobe. It's rewriting the frontal lobe of your brain, which is your decision center, and it it, it, it reduces you to an adolescence mentally. No, no doubt about it. I mean, you could look it up. You could look at neuroscience, just science website, neuroscience news, and just Google it and look at the studies of what pornography does to the brain. So whoever you are, we love you, man. The Bible says we can be healed of whatever you're into. You can come to Christ. You become transformed. You become forgiven through what Christ did on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection because he paid for your sins. But the Bible talks about the transformation that talk, takes place where the Holy Spirit renews your mind and you're renewed by the word of God. So you can be made new and there's hope for you if you turn to Christ. No, that that is the most important thing, guys. And and what I hope out of this too, Joe, is not only they're getting a biblical understanding for the biblical sexual ethic, but for those of you guys, and I'm saying this as as a father, as somebody who grew up in the Toy Story age, so to speak, and to know that Disney has been doing this, and and we were talking about, and I wanted to connect that as well when it comes to using media to make Kinsey look like a good guy, and then you have the same guy who's playing Kinsey fighting against sex trafficking. And then we look and we have Disney's Pixar, Disney and Pixar doing, you know, the Toy Story thing. And then they have Woody as a part of Dan Savage's campaign for It Gets Better, which was targeted to youth to tell them it gets better. Just keep being gay. Everything will be all right. Yeah. And all the Christian parents that went to Toy Story and also their kids are watching, watching Woody promote this gay campaign. Uh, Woody promotes the gay campaign. Then they sneak something in very subtly into Toy Story 4 where two parents go to get their child. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in the background, but guess what? They embrace it. Then with this one, with Lightyear, when they put forth this homosexual character, this homosexual scene, they actually were trying to take it off because of the outpouring of frustration. People like, why are you doing this? Why would you do this? We were going to go see this. And by the way, it's outlawed in all those Muslim countries. So when Chris Evans calls everyone an idiot for not allowing it or being yeah. against it, guess what? Yeah, you're also calling all those Muslims idiots which they need the gospel. They need to know Jesus Christ, but at least they're not such cowards that they're not going, they're going to allow their children to just be, have this propagated nonsense put before their very eyes and just say, it's no big deal. Let's do it in the guise of entertainment. I hope that for believers that you say, no, enough is enough. I'm not going to help with this agenda. I'm not going to be involved with Disney and Pixar and Lightyear and Buzz and Woody and keep telling them it gets better when, by the way, the Bible says, and this is for all sexual sin. We talked about pornography, talked about fornication, talked about adultery and talked about homosexuality. It does not get better. It only gets better when you repent, put your trust and your faith all in Jesus and recognize that he paid your sins in full at the cross. Yeah, we have to realize, uh, since we're talking about the movie with Liam Neeson, we jumped to Taken. I think that's an important point, man, because, you know, anybody who's seen the movie Taken, it's like, you know, like you said, Chad, this is like a man standing up, making sure that his daughter isn't destroyed and her, she's being raped, you know, potentially going to be raped in this situation, everything. And he's standing up and it's like, guys will say, yeah, that's, that, that's a man trying to, well, guess what, man, your children, if you're a dad or you're going to be a dad sometime or a mom, your children's brains are being raped by a propaganda machine. Okay. Crowley used propaganda, use all kinds of it. Uh, we've read where, you know, uh, the leaders, uh, you know, leading writers from Marvel and DC, the top writers of all time, you know, Alan Moore has talked about being the Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda of Nazi, uh, propaganda, uh, leader, uh, he's the propaganda 
you know, uses his art to propagandize. Well, guess what? Same thing with, uh, I mean, we go on and on and on. We'll get into Marvel, but, you know, Disney owns Marvel. So they're using a lot of this stuff as well. But uh, we also saw where Alan, or I should say, Grant Morrison, second top writer, according to Comic Book Review, you know, he's getting people to Crowley's magic. But guess what? You know, uh, Richard Metzger of Disinfo, you know, uh, Disinfo Conference, Morrison speaking, telling people how to do magic. And he talks about how, and by the way, they both promote homosexuality. He says, yeah, he's shooting these candy-coated bullets into the brains of these kids. The parents are none the wiser. And the kids are getting nice and blanked up. Well, what's interesting about this, this is propaganda. Even when you see the lesbianism uh, promoted early on in Wonder Woman, way back in the 40s, and Marston, who created that character, and I'm not going to get didn't too much here on that because we had a whole video coming out on that. He was he was polyamorous. He was living with a few different women and married to, well, married to one, but living with two others at the same time, and often two, but sometimes three. And guess what? He belonged to a sex cult. And uh, he had hurt them, you know, uh, tying each other up over and over again. Bondage, that's where all that came from. And he said that it was propaganda way back then. So it's been going on for a long time, guys. Well, it's interesting when you look at this and, and it's like, well, if you really care about your kids and you say, wow, what Liam Deeson did there, well, that was good. It's too bad he's not consistent. It gives different messages. Like Chad is saying, well, guess what? You should be protecting your children's minds from being raped by the propaganda that Disney is promoting. Because what we're seeing right now, and it's absolutely disgusting, is they're going after our kids. And in, in light years, you know, the, the new movie, you know, uh, uh, this month, you know, we're coming out right now. I mean, it's just crazy because... It's not just kind of in the background now. They're trying to push it into the forefront. So the other, his sidekick is a woman by the name of Alicia, and they're going to outer space together. And guess what? She, you know, she's a lesbian, and and it's glorified, and she's kissing on her partner because they get they get married, you know, and so forth. And that's being front and center for our kids to see two women getting married as though this is not only normative, but this is a good thing. And the Bible says that this is, contrary to what God created, contrary to his plan, contrary uh, to uh, what he created to be the family. And it's important that we understand that there is an agenda. I mean, it was just a couple months ago, and we played one or two of the clips where you see a an executive producer for Disney, okay, actually in, in a TV animator boasting about her, what she calls, you know, basically not at all secret agenda not secret because it's right in the forefront now and but she's on zoom and she's talking to other other people that are high ranking employees uh, running working with disney and so forth and they're bragging about what they're getting away with and they're basically it's the day after you know desantis uh there in florida the governor uh was having this bill go forth and that was to protect kids from kindergarten five-year-olds to third grade but protecting five six seven-year-olds from being taught that well maybe you know uh, potentially, they don't want them to be taught. You want your five-year-old to be told, you know what, you may be not really a boy. See how you walk. You might be a girl, you know? You want to be taught that, or kids aren't even thinking about that at that age, man, you know? And all of a sudden, guess what? She states, and this is this is heartbreaking, name's Latoya uh, Ravenow. She says, in my little pocket of Proud Family Disney TVA, okay? Uh, she's done this Proud Family deal. The showrunners were super welcoming, to my not-at-all-secret gay agenda. Look at what she's saying here, man. Uh, that sense of, I don't have to be afraid uh, and have these two characters kiss in the background. I was just, whenever I could, whenever I could, just basically adding queerness. Talking about to children's programming. 
adding queerness. No one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. She's like, wow, I got the green light to just promote this kind of programming uh, to the children. And it's interesting because uh, Carrie Burke, okay, corporate president, a Disney corporate president, she says, as the mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child, I mean, how does that even, you know, where does she even get there with her kids? She goes, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. She wants a minimum, she says, of 50% of the characters to be, you know, sexually, what we would understand to be sexually aberrant or minorities. Well, Ben, have all the minorities you want. We're all one race, really. That's what the Bible teaches. We're all one race. But they're trying to make these sexual choices to become deviant sexually as though those are other minorities race-wise. No, you are. We're created, you know, brown, yellow, you know, red, brown, yellow, black, or white. We're all the same blood. Jesus died for us all. We're all created in the image of God. We're all equal. But we choose. And that's the promotion today is you get to choose whatever sex you want to be. So it's interesting that we see this, Chad, just, uh, you know, just in your face kind of stuff that's going on. No, it's And it's heart- heartbreaking. You know, let me quote one more quotation. As yeah, far well, as you know, before you goes. do that, Joe, I want I wanted to tell people while they're, while they're on here, uh, because guys, we are really excited. I, I know it's kind of a hard cut right here, but uh, we are really not to turn it off. We're not. We're not. We're not stopping the we're show. We're not stopping. We're not. We're, done. Not, we're not. We are not done. All right. Uh, we don't care. We've gone over the. We're hour. not going to stop at six oh six sixteen. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. So but, I just looked at the clock. But. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we can see it, though. It's nice they've added that. Uh, nice features. We're getting better here at Good Fight. Praise the Lord. Thanks to you guys. Especially thanks so much to so many of you guys who have joined on Patreon.com slash Good Fight. You guys have done a great job helping support us. We've added two. That's right. We have two full-time editors now. Because of you, Patreon, I'm just going to give you another, yeah. another plug. Chat. I didn't know you were going yeah. there, but I just want to say thank you so much because because of what you're doing, we're touching all kinds of more people whose lives are being transformed and changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ non-believers coming to Christ and believers being strengthened in Christ because of what you're doing. So we really appreciate your work. We are a team. And the Bible talks about how those who give to Christian ministry and support one another, that they share in the fruit before God's kingdom, which is a glorious truth. No, that, that is, that is really cool. I I wasn't even going there, but I did think about it when I saw, I see some names of people that comment on here and I know they're part of the Patreon community there. And it really is such a blessing. I wish you could understand how much it means to us that you guys come alongside and do partner with us. It It is beyond a blessing. We didn't even know what that meant when we first started it. And and now it's just been, wow, the things, the projects we've been able to do. We have the, the second video Marvel coming out. I mean, there's so much. And one of the things that we're going to be doing as well is out there in Pennsylvania, we are coming out to the East Coast. We are coming to Pennsylvania, August 15th through the 19th. We are doing a youth conference now. I know I'm I'm a little nervous uh, announcing it on the live stream because I know we have a lot of people on here, and I know that we only have about 18 spots left, which is kind of crazy. But we only have about 18 spots left for the youth retreat. We're going to have a number of teachers here from Good Fight Ministries and Blessed Hope Chapel, our ch- our home church here that Joe pastors, and there we're going to be coming out there and doing an entire series of teachings on all love and discernment, which is. A perfect thing to talk about when it comes to all this, I'll put a link not only in the description of this video, I'll put it in the chat for you guys who would like to help out. And also, by the way, if you're like, hey, I don't know any but young people, I don't know anyone to send. Hey, if you just say, hey, I want to pay for a camper, it's only 325 for the entire thing. They're getting shirts, they're getting food, all that, you know, room and board, all that fun stuff. So if you want to help out, just contact us, contact a good contact at goodfight.org and say, hey, 
I know that there might be a young kid out there that says, or parents say, hey, we don't have enough money to send them out there. I would love to help support and send money in to send them. That would be awesome too. And, and you guys can join us in that. So that would be great. And that's August 15th through the 19th. And that is from 14 years of age to 19 years of age. And Joe, I did segue that. It sounds like a hard cut, but it is important because we are talking about influences. And that's Amen. exactly what we yeah, want. Absolutely. We want young people and praise God, they're people, all, everyone is going to be teaching and been discipled by Joe and, and myself. And it, it's going to be awesome to, to be able to share the truth of God's word in all love and discernment and see young people caring about the word of God, Amen, bro. young people learning about the word of God so that when these questions may come up, it's going to be so cool because they're going to have some intimate time with us, with all the leaders. And when these questions come up, when somebody says, well, Jesus never said anything about homosexuality. Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Yeah, he did. That Jesus was pretty loud during Sodom and Gomorrah when it says the Lord rained down fire from heaven. The Lord in heaven rained in down fire of- what, from the Lord, Yahweh, there on earth. So, so all of these things, we're going to be talking about these things. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to help so that your young people send them over to us and we'll try to help out as best we can alongside as a co-labor in the gospel with you guys. And, and Joe, I'm going to hand that back off to you because I know, like I said, we've gone over, but praise God, I, I think it's for, been for a blessing. A few and, more minutes and that, you know, I think we this just is want to encourage you. Yeah. I want to encourage you, by the way, we talked about work counterculture. Obviously, we are. We are. Uh, look at what's taught on mainstream, you know, entertainment and mainstream news, the lamestream news. It's just all so, so-called woke, which is really asleep in the dark, you know, deadly, fatal. It's heartbreaking. But Jesus died for the world. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the world right there doesn't mean the elect. It means the lost world because it goes on to say of that lost world that he died for, that they love darkness more than light. Obviously, he's talking about the world there. He loves He loves, and, uh, He loves, loves the lost so much. He came to seek and save that which was lost. So he loves you. So it's important that we understand that you have to, and praise God, because what Chad's talking about is we are, praise God, there's literally thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hopefully millions of of Christians on this planet that are are teaching up their children and the way they ought to go and and bringing them up in Jesus and this is a, that's a great opportunity because it's not we don't, we don't shout out the darkness man we shine we we turn the lights on the Amen. Bible says have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness but rather what expose them it says let the light of Christ shine you O sleeper and rise from the dead so how do we don't just say oh look at that's dark we say hey we know it's dark because we turn the lights on and this is what Jesus says this is what his word says. And he prophesied that this would come. But the good news is, guess what, man? The Bible says when Christ returns, that there'll be this, this, this uh, great multitude that's so vast that no man can number it of people that have been redeemed or saved by Christ's blood from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue. And he will come as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he will wage war against the wicked, the Antichrist, the beast that is the false prophet, and their hordes that are assembled to try to make war with him. And it's just easy pickings, man, because he's the creator of all things. The Antichrist be destroyed, it says, by the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming, because he's the creator of all things. The heaven of heavens cannot contain him. But guess what? As we're talking, though, this agenda is going forward. I want to. We look. We look back at Crowley. We look back at Harry Hay. We look back at you know a lot of the, this movement that was going on. Uh, the gay liberation movement headed up by Harry Hay, a follower of Lester Crowley. I mean, and that. But you can go back to '87 in the uh, gay community news. A uh, article written by Michael Swift, which was like, oh, well, that was tongue in cheek. You know, he's a satire. Well, look how much of this actually came to pass since 1987, where it talks about legalized, having homosexuality totally legalized, a gay marriage and everything, those types of things. Listen to what he said. And he said, we shall sodomize your sons. 
emblems of your feeble masculinity. Uh, uh, and he goes on to say, of your shallow dreams and vulgar lies, we shall seduce them in your schools. Happening today. Uh, in your dormitories, in your gymnasiums, in your locker rooms, in your sports arenas, in your seminaries, happening today, in your youth groups, happening today, in your movie theater bathrooms, disgustingly, but it's happening today. Wherever men are with men together, your sons shall become our minions and do our bidding. Well, that's interesting. That's exactly what Crowley said. Seduce the young boys, right? He says he'll create them in his image, right? And they'll go out and lead his army. Well, it's all Crowleyan, guys. Uh, they will re be, be recast in our image. They will come to crave and adore us. We shall stage plays in which man openly caresses man. Happening now. We shall make films about the love between heroic men. Happening now. Uh, which will replace the cheap, superficial, sentimental, insipid, juvenile, heterosexual infatuations presently dominating your cinema screens. Sounds quite misogynistic, Chad. Kind of like Crowley, you know? Uh, our writers and artists will make love between men fashionable. They're doing that. And we will succeed because we are adept at setting styles, highly intelligent. We are the natural aristocrats of the human race. Probably basically talked about that too. Those who oppose us will be exiled. Mm, that's what they're trying to do with Christians right now. They'll be exiled. That wasn't happening back in 87, guys. Uh, the family, he said the family unit uh, spawning uh, ground of lies will be abolished. The family unit, which only dampens imagination and curbs free will, must be eliminated. Remember, Lester Crowley said the family is public enemy be number one. He said, curse them. He wanted it destroyed. That's what this is about, guys. Okay. All churches who condemn us will be closed. Well, now, yeah, though, says the Antichrist, make war on the church. You know, one of the major requirements for our position of power in the new society of homoeroticism uh, will be the indulgence in the Greek passion. That's Greek, Greco Roman, I know that is, pedestry, you know. pedophilia. Okay. Uh, child molestation. We shall rewrite history, history filled and debased with your heterosexual lies and distortions. And they're rewriting history, right? Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, well, he's a gay pirate, and it's it's about how pirates used to be, and they would have their, their cabin boy and, you know, the, the Jack Daniels and have sex with their cabin boy. Lie, Johnny Depp. You can't find that actually history. Not that some of them work, but they're glorifying it, right? By the way, looking at Disney again, or, you know, popular. Uh, we, too, are capable of firing guns and manning the barricades of the ultimate revolution tremble, hetero swine, when we appear before you without our mask. Wow. And when you look at this, and then, Ch Chad, we exposed, what was it, I don't know, last year? Maybe even earlier this year, maybe last year. It was the gay chorus from San Francisco. All these different men oh, yeah. singing and celebrating what they were going to do. And they said, oh, well, it's tongue-in-cheek. No. When you look close to what they said, it was pretty interesting because but we, uh, he, he said, they go on to say this. After trying to defend this song where they're talking about going after our children. This just happened, by the way, not too long ago. After decades of children being indoctrinated taught intolerance uh, for anyone who is other from using the Bible as a weapon of reparative therapy, it's our turn. It's our turn now to indoctrinate the children. The difference is, Chad, when I have my own children with my wife and we teach them God's word, right? Right from wrong, what the Bible says about sexuality and all kinds of things and want them to grow in Christ. They're my children. You can't have children. Again, they cannot reproduce, so they want to recruit our children for, well, flesh meat, because look what he's, they sing in the song. Uh, the gay agenda is coming. They call it again. The gay agenda is coming. The gay agenda is here. Uh, and they're saying it's our turn to indoctrinate. You think uh, that we will corrupt your kids? It's our agenda. It goes unchecked. Uh, it goes on to say, 
one of the members sings, funny, just this once, you're correct. I mean, that's what we're going to do, okay? We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from the disco, but I'm sorry, you can keep them from the disco, warn them about San Francisco, make them wear a pleated pants. We don't care. We'll convert your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. We're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Your children will work to convert all their sisters and brothers. Again, it's about building that army. Again, we see it over with Crowley. We see it with Michael Swift. We see it here and so forth. And what you have now is you have academia trying to present and sanctify transgenders. And the Bible says the marriage bed is sanctified. Amen. But they're trying to say, no, that's just, you know, another relationship. They're trying to sanctify perversion. So I think in closing, Chad, and by the way, remember Frozen? Speaking of Disney? Oh, yeah. Her thing was like a coming out thing. It was like, not that she came out and said, I'm gay, but a lot of say, wow, she comes out of the closet and so forth. But the lyrics in the song, let it go. I'm just going to read two lines. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. That's say satanic. Do what thou with philosophy. You want your kids singing? When you tell your kid, hey, there's no right, there's no wrong. Just do whatever you feel. No, you'd never do that. But they go to Frozen. They're singing this in churches and church choirs all over the place. And it's, do they realize what they're singing? Because that's what they do. It's very, very seductive. And if you're a parent, we're coming up on Father's Day, man. Right around the corner. A few days from now, right? Dad, stand up, man. Taken? Well, guess what? Your children are being taken. I, I say this because I love you moms, dads. I, I'm telling you right now, because a lot of your children, a lot of the children out there, the people I'm speaking to, right under your nose, you're going to be wondering, what happened to them? How did they, because of social media, because of popular entertainment, you have to teach them the truth, teach them that they were created in the image of God, teach them that they could have all kinds of weird feelings come across them, but you're either male or you're female, the Bible teaches, and you can have all kinds of spirits whispering to the ears. The Bible warns about these demonic entities. Somebody just texted me, a, a, a someone who didn't know what sex they were because they said, I am legion, meaning many demons, yeah. okay? And there's all kinds of probably impressions this person was getting when he was possessed by Jesus, cast his demonic these demonic entities out of this man there's all kinds of things playing on our kids but guess what the last thing we need is to take the sewage pipe that is hollywood and the popular music industry and reroute it into our kids bedroom or the living room or entertainment room and get let them get filled with this propaganda there's already a spiritual war but you must use the name of jesus that's why you must share the word of god with them and show them who god is and how he's created his his image and that he made them male and female it's imperative that we do that but you know what? Here's some, I'll end with some really good news. Chad, the reason I really, really love uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6 is not because, the, praise God, the warnings are helpful to us. Amen. We talked about be not deceived. You know, those who do these things, whether it's adulterers, uh, fornicators, on the same list, if you're in adultery or you're involved in fornication, that's not usually being celebrated as much as, you know, with our kids today uh, in these movies as homosexuality. And what it is, we call it out for what it is. But guess what? Whether you're homosexual, a fornicator, an adulterer, effeminate, you want to be a woman or what have you, you're a drunkard, a reviler, extortioner, a thief, any of those things. Look what the Lord says. If you've struggled with these passions, you're like, where do these feelings come from? Guess what? You come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you understand that he died. He paid for every sin you've ever committed. And he died on the cross to pay for your sins. He rose again to conquer the grave. But we're in this double trouble, right? We have this 
guilt because we're guilty of sin, but he died to save us from the penalty of our sins. But he also, Chad, he died also and rose again to give us the power of his spirit to help us overcome this sickness, this sin sickness that we have and give us new, renew our minds, give us new hearts. It's a supernatural thing that takes place. If you just bow before the Lord, if you cry out to him and say, God, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Because right after he says, don't be deceived, these folks, people that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen to what he says in verse 11 of chapter six. Such were some of you, but you were washed. Meaning the people in Corinth, some of them were homosexuals. Some of them were malakoi. They were, they were effeminate. They were shaving themselves, trying to become women and growing their hair long, wearing makeup, wearing female clothing and so forth. But now they're, they're new. He says, but you were washed. They were cleansed by the blood of Jesus, but you were sanctified. You were set apart from the evil that you used to practice, consecrated to God, and you were justified, meaning made righteous, no longer condemned because what Jesus did for you on the cross, right with God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So it's through the authority of Jesus Christ that you can be forgiven. It's by the power of his Holy Spirit who made you that you can get new affections that are godly and that are coordinate with the very nature that God made you, whether you're male or female. And he goes on in his next book there, Chad, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, to say, if anyone be in Christ, any, any of you that come to Christ, he says, behold, he becomes a new creation and all things are passed away and all things become new. So I don't care what you're struggling with. You, you can say, well, wow, I, well, yeah, the power is there. You just simply need to surrender to Jesus Christ and say, you know what? I'm tired of being my own God. I want you to be Lord of my life. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I encourage you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Chad and I were as lost as you could be, okay? Chad was super lost. I was super lost. I was the guy with my middle finger up in the air in the park, drunk and stoned, blaspheming God ignorantly. What an idiot I was, man. You know, I'd be your typical internet troll, trolling Christians. I was so ignorant. And then, man, God hit me upside the head with a, a spiritual two-by-four and handed me over to satanic forces uh, in the sense why well, I was already handed over to them, right? But just they worked their way, man. And I was channeling all kinds of satanic music and everything else. I realized I was in touch with demons, man. Covers being pulled down, turning sideways in my bed, you know, like the exorcist, man. And I realized what was going on at one point. I cried out to the Lord and he answered my prayers. I cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me when I realized what was going on. And man, boom, that experiences ceased. And I was delivered by the power of Jesus Christ and by the authority of Jesus Christ and by the power of the spirit, we've been transformed. You can have that too. Just embrace Jesus Christ, Lord, as your Lord right now. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord says, will be delivered, will be saved. While you have breath, before you pass into eternity, go to heaven or hell, embrace Jesus now. So you don't have to go to hell for eternity, but you can be in God's eternal presence forever and ever. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you guys we so much. You. Amen. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.